Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, Gem Revealed listeners. Thank you for stopping by for another week of our Gem Revealed weekly podcast, Self Mastery to Soulmate. And I have learned so much over the last eight months as I am forced out into the world to go and find such incredible valued guests that are going to bring forth so much information to change your life and your relationships. And I've outdone myself this week and I didn't have to look too far to find this person. So when I introduce him, actually, I'm going to give out his name now. His name is Makar. Nagib, and I got that right, and I said the name right. So, um, so first, Makar, how are you? I'm doing well, Janine. I'm so happy to to be with you and, and on this uh, recording, and uh, this is great. This is great. it is great. And yeah. is it okay if before I even tell anybody what you do, can I share a little bit about how you and I met? Uh, I think in both of our lives, it's been so recent, um, and so important and emotional for each of us that it, it, can we share it with our our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Great. And then after I share it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, sure. so Car and I have a, a mutual friend. Uh, his, I, he was a coworker of mine. His name is Tamar Tanius. And if you, if you follow me on social media, you know, I even backed up some of my, any of my business postings, any personal postings, because I was distraught because this friend of mine who I've worked with for many, many years, um, had contracted COVID. And during that time, um, you know, one, I would say I thought I was one of his best friends until I found out that, you know, he has many best friends. And in that time where he was sick, uh, we gathered almost 200 people every single day, morning and evening on evening uh, on these prayer calls. And uh, I am one of his uh, prayer warriors that was on that call every day as a coworker. And Makar happens to be one of uh, Tamara's childhood friends. And, uh, and we've been on these calls uh, ever since. And since that time, uh, few, uh, about 40, 50 days ago, Tamara did pass away. And it was very, very difficult for all of us. Um, and we've learned so much, but we've continued these calls. And so Tamara's community of childhood friends have now become a family to me. So I, it, I can't tell you what it means to me to have uh, Makar here with me today to share his wisdom and his genius. But before I talk about that, I'll, I'll just share that. Uh, Makar, what do you think about our, our three-month journey here together? During this yeah, time? yeah. I mean, it's um, uh, Tamara, uh, an amazing person. Uh, you know, I, I don't know anyone like him. And um, one of the most amazing things about him was... He was, he was just like, almost like a quietly or secretly influencing hundreds and hundreds of people, um, people who didn't, many of them didn't know each other. And 
um, he only after, as he was, you know, in, in the process of departing from this world, did we uh, really come to appreciate what, um, like, what what a great life looks like, and what he was doing. Um, and it has been really inspiring, and also um, kind of makes you ask yourself, like, hey, am I doing everything that I should be doing? Is like, is what God has called me to do? Am I am I responding to that in, in the fullest way, as fully as possible? So, um, and, and, and because of everything that Tamar did, um, he also uh, brought a lot of people together uh, in, in the times that we were waiting to see what was going to happen while he was in the hospital. And um, so it, it was, it's amazing to meet you, Janine, and to meet all the wonderful people that we've come to know and call uh, friends and, and family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if we would have just boil that down to the, the, the most common message here is how did this one person gather hundreds of people every day on a prayer call that is still going three months later? You know, that I think is the remarkable part. And you said it really well, is he was doing something behind the scenes that all of our lives should reflect. He was changing lives. He was loving people, caring about people. He was just being um, just an unbelievable human being impacting the world. And it's changed my life. And you and I have met on these, these nightly calls and not long ago was I able to hear a message that you had given everybody um, from your place of wisdom in your career, being a marriage coach, therapist, counselor, we'll let you talk about more of that. But the headline of your message was, now tell me if I get it right, it's five things to stop doing in your marriage to really elevate it to its highest and best place. And even though I am not married, here I couldn't, I was like, I was your biggest fan. I was like scribbling everything down, writing it. And then it hit me, wait a minute, I need to have you on Gem Revealed on our podcast to share this wisdom. So Makar, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm so glad I was able to to pull this list together and based on my experience and, and knowledge and education, um, because what I've, what I'm seeing in marriages and what I'm seeing with in parenting as well is, um, you know, marriages are not where they should be. They're not where they should be. And, and one of the best gifts that you can give to your children as a parent is a healthy marriage. I mean, children, they're the most powerful source of information on how to be married comes from your parents. And, and it is a tremendous amount of work to unlearn that stuff. So if you can have a good marriage as a parent, um, you will set your children up for, you're gonna save them years of, 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 of just devastation probably. And, um, and, and it's not just for, for your children, it's for you, like for us, like why, why lose our lives and, and, and un, in unhappiness and, and so sadness and loneliness. You know, when we think about the facts, and I think I, I say this on every podcast, and that's why it's so important. If you are listening and you happen to be one out of the two marriages that end in divorce, it's devastating. It's devastating to you, to your children, to the community, to your finances. It, and it, it just leaves devastating rippled effects everywhere. And it pains our kids who didn't come into this world asking for it. So it's such important information. And I have to tell you, when I listened to it, what you had shared the other evening, um, I what I was blown away by is how these principles can transfer everywhere. It could transfer from you know parent to child, 
from entrepreneur to team, these are transferable. So we hope that, uh, you know, I hope that we have everybody's attention because as you go through this list, which I think is cool, it's the not list. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just think it will really be able to transform people's thinking. So, um, yeah. Just, yeah. And, and, and before I go listen. into it, I also want to tell you, I just want to say to to the listeners, Janine, that, um, you know, if you happen to be in, in the category, and, and it's likely that many people are in the category of divorced or, you know, had an unhealthy marriage, I I just want to, before I talk about anything else, uh, give a message of hope and, and care and love and to say that um, this is not about the past. This is about uh, setting yourself up for everything that God has prepared for you in your future and, in, and including in your next relationship. Um, and and there there is nothing there is no marriage that is too bad for God to to fix and redeem. Um, there is no uh, history that is too great for God to fix or or, or to to uh, to redeem and to make it better. And so I um, I just don't want anyone who's listening to feel like oh like you know I I'm already past that stage, and I can't do anything to fix the marriage that I just left. So I, I don't want to give that message at all. I want to give a message of hope. You know why that's, you know, so beautiful? You had mentioned that the other night as well, and we talked about it, you know, the next day. But the, the point of it is, is I'm, I'm divorced. I fall into that category. And the other evening when I was listening to your message, not once did that go through my head until you brought it up. Mm. And I can see how somebody might feel that. So I so appreciate you making sure you take the time to set the table for everybody. Like this is this is the foundation of, of good mindset and good thinking and, and healthy framework for every relationship. And this is this could take you forward into you know the next great place. So really appreciate you just sharing that. Yeah, of course, of course. So so let me start off by sharing uh, the first thing to stop doing. Um, and, and of course, I'm not just going to tell you, tell you what to stop doing, but I'm going to say what to do instead. So, um, so, so the first thing to stop doing, and, and again, all of this is based on, on experience with clients, right, and, and knowledge and education, right? So this is not uh, just me making stuff up, okay? So um, the first thing is to stop shirking or avoiding responsibility for your own contributions to any conflicts or tension. And let me just say that again, stop avoiding responsibility for your contributions to any conflict or tension. And, and, and what I see so much, and especially in the more highly conflicted couples, is uh, they come to a session and they say, hey, you know, we're here because of X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's walk through an example. And they say, well, well, I, well they said this, and then I said that, and they said this, and I said that, and she did this. And, and like, wait, so, you know, how could you have broken this cycle like you know and and i say well you know how come you said that and then they say well it's because she, he said this <laughs> and I, i'm like wait wait you can't condition your own performance uh on the other person's performance and 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 because once you do that you lose power you lose control and you're giving up what what is the responsibility that, that is yours so what we have to do is we have to say okay it doesn't matter what the other person did or said. Am I, is what I'm doing right? Is what I'm doing the best thing? Could I have held my tongue? Could I have spoken in a different tone? Could I have not gone behind my spouse's back to do X, Y, and Z? So that is that is really, really important. And it, it reminds me of um, the, the verse where in Matthew chapter seven, when Jesus said, 
you know, don't look at the, the speck in your brother's eye until you look at the, the plank in your own eye, right? And, and what's, what ends up happening in highly conflicted marriages is they're so laser focused on the, the speck in their spouse's eye. And um, I can tell you there is about, like it is almost 100% true that in any conflict you are contributing to it. Like you yourself, like I am contributing to the conflicts in my own marriage. Can I can I jump in there? I'm sweating. This is like it's so good. First of all, I, what I would say is, in the last 48 hours, I've been involved in three grand groups of people saying the same thing. Mm. You must take your own responsibility. You yep. must take responsibility. You must take your own responsibility. And that's what I love that you're saying. Like that other person, your your spouse, your partner. They might be a hot mess, but what is your role? And why would you give them the power to be anything less than your best self? And what does a best self person look and act like? And what's their mindset? And that's really where the, the, the deep transformation comes in is how do I break this by being my best self, by speaking in a certain way, by looking towards a certain outcome? So I love what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I've seen um, clients after, you know, uh, they come after a divorce or something and they realize in, in coaching or in therapy that they sh they should have they, they they have a character flaw and we work on it and then they look back and they say oh my goodness i didn't realize like i had such a big anger problem for example and if only i had figured this out if only i had figured this out sooner my my life would have been different so and let me, yeah let me ask you a question so Say, say I have a, a partner who's, who really doesn't really have a great mindset and they, they're belittling or, or just, you know, irritating me and it's sandpaper person and I'm responding to it and blaming them and passing the blame by me changing, by me going through maybe some counseling or coaching or going on to my best self journey, will I be able to change my behavior enough that actually influences that person's behavior? purposely I'm asking this, can you give that person hope or are you just telling them, well, you just have to suck it up and deal with that person and you just act great in return? Does yeah. it actually create transformation in the in your partnership? Absolutely. I mean, it, like I, I can't say with 100 that it'll, uh, you know, transform the marriage 100% of the time because sometimes sometimes your spouse is, is like pretty screwed up too. I mean, we're also, we can all be screwed up at times. And, and so, um, but this is probably the most powerful thing that I'm going to say all day in this, in this podcast, because um, the, uh, I, I just see it time and time and again, once you take responsibility, once you change, the marriage transforms. It takes two people to have a conflict, and it only takes one person to de-escalate a conflict. And, and a lot of times people are waiting for the therapist to de-escalate the conflict, um, but you could do it yourself. And, and there you go. You've just gained back days of, of anguish and, and, and pain. Um, because a lot of times what happens with conflicted couples is they come to, to, to coaching and, you know, half of the session is spent just de-escalating from what happened between, between, the, between the last session and this session. So uh, what, what we want to do is reduce the tension. It only takes one person to do that. Just pull back. I just had a client say to me, uh, I won't quote their exact thing, but they said, I just needed to, to, to speak in a calmer way. Once I spoke in a calmer way, everything changed. Everything changed. 
and 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 I I mean I I love the way that that the person was saying that because they were saying that in a way that was all about what they can do, right? It wasn't it wasn't that oh well I'll speak in a calmer way if if my spouse speaks in a calmer way. No, no, they just said I spoke in a calmer way, and that that transformed everything. So so what we need to do as as individuals is establish a zero tolerance policy for contributing to unhealthy communication. Like I need to have a zero tolerance policy with myself. Like I will not tolerate contributing to unhealthy communication. I won't do it. So only th- when, I, when, some, when I open my mouth, the only things that are coming out are gonna be things that I am very confident are gonna be constructive, productive, edifying. And that is no exceptions. Like I will never, I will always pull back or hold my, hold my tongue or whatever it is or not do X, Y, and Z until I'm really confident that it's going to help. So in other words, anything that comes out of your mouth, one should be validating somebody's emotions. So that way, you know, that person knows they're being heard. And it's only positive things that are going to help move the conversation to a resolution versus blaming um, and, you know, calling names and raising my voice. So those are the, the things that are, are the, the, the zero tolerance, like take that stuff out. And the only thing that does come out are heartfelt things that can push towards resolution. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it doesn't, you know, I'm not saying don't um, talk about problems, but I'm saying that there is a, a good way to talk about problems and a bad way to talk about problems. And, and make sure that you are doing your absolute best to talk about any problems in the best way. And think about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of of what you're going to say before you say it, you know, like, like if don't bring up a problem, uh, you know, at 11 PM when everyone's about to sleep and people are tired, probably not the right when to bring up a problem. Um, uh, in terms of the, 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 the why, like, are we bringing up a problem because we're seeking to understand our spouse's perspective? Are we bringing up a problem because we're, we're just so really, really frustrated and we're really inconvenienced. And we don't really care because of what my spouse's perspective is because I am just really inconvenienced. So I'm going to bring this up. So, uh, you know, a lot more to say on this specific point, but the, the, the point here is that you have to take responsibility. Don't condition your performance on your spouses. Excellent. Responsibility. You, you know, each of these bullets could be its own podcast. Yeah. And I, I know that. And I could just keep asking questions and go deeper. So I'll let you get through them all and I'll just, you know, jump in here and there and then it yeah, yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm appreciating your uh, your inputs Janine so much uh, so uh, it makes this exciting so um, the the second thing to stop doing and this one uh, a lot of people don't like to to hear because they're like wait so what do I do instead uh, the stop criticizing just stop criticizing don't do it uh, I you know for when I first started to embrace this point, I remember thinking to myself, well, how do we get better? Like, what if I see something wrong? What do I do? And um, so the thing, but what I also want all of us to think about is, you know, think back at the times that you've, you know, communicated a criticism. How, how often did those things lead to a positive outcome? <laughs> they just don't. I mean, it, it's, it is extremely hard to receive criticism. It is extremely hard. It's actually extremely hard to even communicate criticism. Like, like it requires a tremendous amount of skill on both sides. I mean, even let's not even look at like, uh, you know, romantic relationships. But if we think about 
a work relationship. If your your boss can tell you a hundred things you did well, and then they have one thing that they think you could have done differently, and that's the thing you focus on. And and, and I was in that position on both both sides as a manager and as a, a, a direct report. And hearing that feedback, you know, the defensiveness kicks in and, and all of that, right? So the good thing is that in marriage, there is no boss, you know, report relationship, right? You're equals. And, and so there isn't um, almost like this uh, responsibility that you have to criticize or, or to, to give constructive feedback. Um, and I, I love what um, there's a famous therapist named Esther Perel. She has a, a wonderful lecture called You Could Be Right or You Could Be Married. You Could Be Right or You Could Be Married. And, and I love to say that because uh, in, in marriage, it doesn't matter if you're right, if the other person isn't ready to receive that or if you're not able to communicate that in, in, in a good way. So what do you do instead? What do you do instead of criticizing? You make requests. You make requests. And so you don't say like, hey, you know, you're wrong in this or, or that's, you know, you know, why did you do that? That's that's really bad. Or what you can say instead is you can, and you could even position it in a positive way. You could say, hey, you know, when you did X, Y and Z, I actually really like that. Could we do more of that? Or I love when we do this. Um, or you can say, hey, I wanted to talk with you about something. There was something you said when we were with our friends and uh, and I know you don't have any bad intentions and I know you love me and I love you so much. Um, uh, I just wanted to share with you because I, I, I feel like I should be honest with you, but that hurt me. And I, and again, I just, I'm not saying this in an accusatory way and I know it's not your intention, but I also want you to know that that hurt when you said that. So, so that's, that's very, that's, that's a, a much easier message to swallow uh, if you hear that. And, and, and that, that will like really save a lot of tension in a you know, it's, it sounds so easy and it's so loving and I'm, you know, sitting here in such a, a calm way and I'm like, yeah, that's like, it's so perfect. And it's, but it's so hard to do in the moment, right? Mm. It's so hard to do in the moment. But imagine if, again, it's, it's almost the same mindset as, as uh, the first bullet point. It's like, what is the outcome you really want? Because whatever outcome you want, you're going to get. If you want to have a calm resolution in the end, then you have to come into it with that mindset. How do I, you know, know that I'm not going to try to beat up this person mentally? So how do I speak to the person in such a way to really create the love that we want by saying it and like, yeah, I know you love me and I love you. Here's what hurt. Can we do it differently? What do you suggest? How, how can we do it differently? Like it seems yeah. so easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the first step is to uh, just acknowledge and embrace the reality that this is not natural for us. Like it's, it's, I am not surprised at all that this is hard. Like this, this for many people, for most people is hard. It's hard for me. It's hard. Um, and because it's, it's not modeled for us and, and also uh, in our families of origin and also society nowadays places a significant amount of weight on speaking your mind. And, and, and this, this, this is not good. It's not good, right? I mean, it's not about compromising your thoughts and your beliefs and your opinions and preferences and everything. It's not about very that. important. That's very important. Yeah, yeah. It's not compromise. Yeah, it's not compromise. <laughs> yeah, it's just but, but, you know. But we also, you know, do not compromise. I'm not telling you to change your opinions. I'm not telling you to change your preferences. I'm not telling you to change who you are. But um, we also can't communicate in this like raw stream of consciousness way, right? We can't. 
we have to be in control of what we're communicating. And we have to, um, like, um, our minds are imperfect. And, and we, like, that's, we are all imperfect. So what that means is that the first thing that comes to mind to say, a lot of times is not the best thing that we can come up with. So, so if we just give it an hour, we'll probably come up with something better. And, and, and you'll get the result you want. And, and I've, like, I see couples kind of have these breakthroughs, like, wait, what? Like, we actually solved an argument without hating each other and wanting to exit the marriage? And, and I'm like, yeah, you could do that. And I, I always ask, I always ask, do you feel like you were compromised? Like, like, you are, like you don't have a voice? And I don't think, I'm trying to remember, I don't think there was even one time when someone said, no, I, I, I don't have a voice or, or there's, you know, I didn't communicate what I wanted to say. So this is all about the, the how. And, and in marriage, we need to um, kind of stop trying to change our spouse. Like, like this, because that's what we're doing really when we're criticizing. We're saying, hey, you, be different. Be, a, be different. Like, I don't like you right now. I don't like that part of you. And, and, you know, this is not, in marriage, it's not about changing each other. It's about working together as a team. To get, and reconditioning our, our yeah. past beliefs that it would be okay to name call or okay to point yeah. the finger, yeah. right? So it's, I, I keep thinking about, you know, whatever the, the outcome is, like you have to picture that outcome. You have to picture the beautiful outcome that you want and what does it take in your best self journey? How do you groom yourself to have a growth mindset to learn how to communicate to get there? and take that responsibility so just such good stuff all right all right so 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 number three number three um is uh is stop losing opportunities to create positive energy in your relationship and home stop losing opportunities to create positive energy in your relationship and home and the best way to think about this is that um and there's many authors who write about this too in different ways is that think of this as there being an account like a, like a savings account in your home and, and it's not it's not your savings account and your spouse's savings account it's one savings account for the couple and um if if there's nothing in it and a challenging time comes and you need to draw on what's in that account then you're going to be in a really bad place but if you have lots of of stuff stored in that account then when a bad time comes, you can draw on that and you're on a solid foundation. And even when there isn't a tough time or a challenging time, you can just kind of enjoy and the comfort, the security that you have by having so much in that account. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful Love thing. This. Yeah. So, so, so what we need to do, and you know, just I'm just gonna tell you a, a simple statement that everyone's heard already, which is prevention is the best medicine. It's a similar kind of approach, right? Which is, don't wait for a problem to come in order to do positive things towards your spouse. Like, just say, I love you for no reason. You don't need to have a reason to say, I love you. Say, you know, compliment your spouse, uh, give them a hug, um, spend quality time together and, and, and focus on each other. Ask, ask like emotional questions like to, or, or, or even questions about their thoughts, like their, their thoughts about a situation and just sit there and slow down, right? Because all of that stuff is creating positive energy and you're depositing into the account. Love that. You know, you said a couple of things that it, 
um, spurred on my thoughts. One, you know, all the different things that immediately what I was thinking, like you could leave the little note, um, you know, there's so many things to be spontaneous, uh, you know, a beautiful text message in the middle of the day that they're not expecting, all these things. But what popped into my mind is really finding out what their love language is. And I'm not sure if you've heard this, the, the book, yeah. The Resource, The Five Love Languages. Like, what is that? And really even go through those exercises together. So when you do these little beautiful deposits, you're actually hitting the love language that's most meaningful. So that could be a tip for everybody listening right now is to really get that resource, that book. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a languages. great, great book. Such, uh, a, good such a good language no, because it, it just gives you kind of like the language to use like it, it tells you how to think about communicating love and it and, it, and it, it helps you to appreciate that your way of receiving love is not the your spouse's way and, and and the problem is that we give love the way we like to receive it but but our spouse may not be able to receive what we're giving so true for like as an example of someone to give me a gift like how do you not love a gift of course i'd love it but it's not my top way of receiving yeah. love so it but it could be somebody loves to go out and buying gifts so it yeah. really is so important and i love the whole the fact is how do you keep adding the right deposits into that bank account so that way when that moment comes and you have to start making withdrawals there's enough in there to really hold the fabric of it together so yeah. such a good concept. So I would say for this bullet point, that is such a great resource is that that five love languages by Gary Chapman, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really, really good resource. And um, I really encourage everyone to do this because because I can tell you with, with, with complete certainty that it is much harder to make deposits into the account during a challenging time. That is you know, yeah. so much so one of my favorite pastors and I, you know, I I reference him so much. I will, I'm always posting his sermons up on Facebook. He's Jeff Vines out in your area. Um, he's in California. And um, I read his book. It was called Divine Romance. And in the second chapter, it said that book, the, the five love, love languages actually saved his marriage when they were yeah. first married. It was so yeah. challenging. And they had such trouble communicating love that that book saved their, saved their marriage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So you know, uh, this, there's a lot, of, lot, of, lot of good stuff. I mean, and that that you can do. I mean, there's thousands of things that you can do to to communicate love and um, and build the account. So, um, so number four, number four. Uh, so number four is stop ignoring God's role in your marriage. Stop ignoring God's role in your marriage. And I know that this is, um, you know, some some listeners may not have a Christian perspective. And uh, or may not have any um, like belief in, in God or a God. And so, um, but I still think that what you can interpret here is that there is a, a larger purpose, There's a larger purpose. If, if you see marriage as simply a social arrangement or this like social contract between two people, um, well, both people are imperfect. Society uh, makes it very fine to come in and out of marriages. So you're, you're not going to be on a good footing and a, and a good foundation if you're not seeing marriage as something that's bigger than you. And, and, and that's what it is. I mean, and, you know, there are so many ways to look at this that tell you that marriage is, is a big deal. It's a huge deal on so many levels. The one I'm, I'm focusing on here, though, and again, people can interpret this in different ways, but the what I'm saying is that God has a part in the relationship. God has, and, and God is the, actually the primary party in the relationship. And, and he's the one who we as Christians believe invented marriage. 
and he commanded it and and he sanctifies it and he blesses it and he uses it as a means to reveal himself to us and to the entire world and so um the uh in the in the church when at, at a, a wedding ceremony they uh the church usually gives you commandments like it tells you like here are things that you should do and the church when it's doing that is not speaking on behalf of your spouse it's speaking on behalf of god right and it's telling you like hey you should be doing certain things and this is what's expected of you as a spouse and and so um this is a, you know a really deep topic of like what's expected of me what does god expect of me and it's a different topic but uh but but to to, to tell you what you should do is honor god in your marriage always do what's right always do what's right um, and expect that God will help you in your marriage first by changing you and then by changing your spouse. But but start with you. Like, don't you? It's not it's, it's none of my business what God is doing with my spouse. Like, all right, fine. I could observe it sometimes. I could pray about it. I can, uh, you know, experience some benefits from it. But it, this is like I am not in that. That is not my relationship. God and my spouse. It's about God and me. And And as a couple, we should speak about him together regularly. We should engage with him together regularly. And the, the reason why that is so important is because we need to know that God is here. Like God is right here, right now. And, and once we are clear about his presence, that changes how we operate in our home. I mean, if this is a home where God is, where God is acknowledged, where God is invited, where God is, is in, we engage with him, then when we're you know, having an issue, you know, it's kind of like when parents say, hey, let's not fight in front of the kids, right? But really, the, the higher message is that, hey, let's be, let's do the right thing because God is here and because we're Christians, right? And, and, and that, that is a big shift. Like my obligation before and my responsibility um, is, is, is not towards my spouse before it's, before it's, it's towards God. Like I have an obligation towards God. And, and that, that, that's how I can reconcile if I believe my spouse is screwing up. Well, okay, I still have an obligation towards God. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I'm in. So, yeah. You know, I, this again, this is a five-day seminar just on this point. But what I would share in, you know, less than five seconds here is in this point alone, if I had mastered it, I wouldn't be divorced. So when I was first married, and I had just done a podcast on this, and so hopefully my listeners have, have listened to that and recognized that when I was divorced 12, 15 years ago, um, I wasn't the woman I am today. And although I was saved and I knew the Lord, I wasn't really understanding of what, one, what's the expectation around marriage? What's my who am I really obligated to, my husband or God? I didn't have any framework for that, nor did I know the supernatural power that that God had in my family. So I went into a marriage for so many of the wrong reasons. He's there to make me happy. Um, I am not really happy with the, what I'm receiving out of this. It's not giving me what I want. And therefore I rose up, you know, was very dominant and he was, you know, it just wasn't good. We had a lot of problems. If I was the woman I was today, I would have been able to pray my way through that and know that my obligation was really to God and that God would have healed my heart. And really, he's the only one who could fill my, fill my, fill my life with purpose. So if I had just understood that, you know, it would have been a much different journey. Now, there was a lot broken. I already shared that in a previous podcast. So by far, there was a lot broken there. 
But to your point, and your point is huge for anybody who does subscribe to understanding, you know, who the Lord of the universe is, who Jesus is. If you really take the time and want more knowledge on this and how that could save your marriage, this is the point where I'd say, please reach out to McCarr, reach out to myself because this can change your marriage. It's that super powerful. I would also say if it does, if you don't subscribe to this, if God is not somebody that you are honoring, if it's not what you um, really look towards, marriage is going to be really difficult and you're going to have to find how you're going to take your knowledge and this person's back knowledge and merge it together in a world that's already chaotic without one God sharing the way and, and focusing the way without his supernatural power. So I'm um, just trying to really clean that up a little bit and what it looked like applicably without focusing on God in my marriage and who I was, uh, who I was really obligated to, mine fell apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable, Janine. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, there's so many um, dimensions to what you described, right? So many dimensions. And, um, and what's great about all the things we're discussing today is that, uh, like you said at the very beginning, uh, all of these things are relevant uh, all the time. They're always true and uh, they're necessary uh, and they're, they, no matter what situation the relationship is in. Um, this, these things will always be true. So, so I think that's, that's great. So let me, let me tell you number five. I can't so, wait. Um, all right. So number five, which is the last one is stop creating alliances or seeking support from people just to validate yourself. And, and what I, what I want to say about this is that, you know, uh, to all listeners, I'm going to say this and you're going to, you're all going to probably agree with this right away which is that everybody has an opinion. Everybody has advice. I mean, there are people, if you ask them for their opinion and they know nothing, they will create one on the spot just to uh, maybe to feel like they made a contribution. Maybe they don't like to say, I don't know. Um, maybe they are too attached or they relate too much to your situation, and which would not be right. Um, and uh, they wanna say stuff. And, or maybe they want to be credited for, for helping you, whatever it is. Um, so, or maybe they want to redeem themselves. Who knows? But what we have to do is we have to be careful about going to people just to complain or to, to confirm that I'm the victim, right? Like, hey, look at what happened. And da 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 and da 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 And like, man, that's, can you believe that she said that? Like, that's, that sucks, right? Like, how, how could she say that to me? And so what we have to do is if I'm talking to someone about my marriage, make sure that it's someone who's, who's willing to challenge you to be a better person and someone who's, uh, and make sure that you are, have, that your intentions are to be productive, right? Like this is not about, I mean, if you're going to vent, that's so there's value in that. It's okay. But, but make sure you're venting for, with someone who is, who is trustworthy. It's credible. Um, and, you know, some people, what they do when you talk to them, they egg you on and they're like to, to mistreat your spouse, to create some ultimatums, um, to ignore the, your contribution to the issue, to ignore personal development opportunities. Like they don't, they don't, they don't support, they're not helping you develop and grow and, and learn. Um, and we got to be really careful about that. What I like to say is that this is like peer pressure, but for adults, you know, th this is what's happening. 
we go to talk to people with we we don't have the intention of like really being productive we just want to you know communicate our perspective to another person and um and then the other person uh is not really doing the hard work of challenging us and, and calling us out if they need to um you know i i see often see um you know situations where there's cheating or you know um like lots of lots of just difficult things or any sort of betrayal or something and to see how people respond to that how like a person's friend respond to that it, it's pretty i'm like you know what like it would have been what you just said person is like not helpful at all <laughs> like yeah. it's not what I, what I find more often than not is that person who is that the friend that you're venting to sometimes human default is like they they don't they don't want you to feel good because if they're not in a great place themselves, they don't want you feeling great. They'd rather you be miserable with them. Yeah. So it's, it's, and you, everybody's that listening is knowing there's some truth in that. So unless you're going to vent and that no matter what, you're going to give out some of your heart to somebody, make sure it's a person who one, it was, if they have a great marriage or a great relationship or somebody with a great personal growth mindset, somebody who's going to challenge you. Cause if you're just sitting to your buddy, who's not, has a great relationship, they're just going to add fuel to the fire and drag you in the mud with them. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so important. Yeah. And I, and I just have a really quick list of like, what makes a good third party support person? And uh, so yeah. I'll just, just list it out. One is someone who honors God and honors the, the mystery and calling of marriage. Someone who has a good marriage, someone who, this is not necessary, but someone who's a professional that can be really helpful. helpful. Uh, so, someone you trust to be unbiased, someone who will, who you trust will tell you if you're wrong, and someone who isn't your family. So that, that's <laughs> why did that's, you laugh on that one? <laughs> yeah, there, I just you know there's a candle in there that had some meaning. Yeah, because you know, uh, like it, it is, it is sadly too common. I am having an issue with my spouse, and I go talk to my mom or dad about. It. You know, and, you know, there it is practically impossible for your parent or your family member to um, to be unbiased. It, it's it's it, like it is so hard. It, 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 that's why I just don't do it. It, it will. And, and and even if they're unbiased, um, they can be perceived as being biased. The, the and, likelihood and bias doesn't high. even bias doesn't even mean that they are rooting for you. Bias might actually mean that they're they're rooting for your spouse. Like it yeah, just yeah. They're not a neutral party. They're so not there's neutral. Not, there's no real groundwork there. There's nothing that they're really going to be able to supply you unless they have a, a really good neutral base there to be able to share wisdom. Yeah, I mean, even even as as a therapist and as a couple and life coach, I, I if anyone that that's related to me was ever to ask something, I'd have to be really really careful you know before responding you know I, I could just say general truths but even then how do i know that i'm choosing the most relevant general truths just to communicate in that limited amount of time so it's really important to to find the right person to, to support you during during difficult times so um so yeah so those, those are the five things janine and, and i uh if you stop doing those things and do the things that we said to do instead um, I, I am very confident that uh, anyone who's listening and doing this, their marriage will be a lot better off. Yeah. 
Latra. And I think there is another disclaimer. We put the divorce claimer in up front. Um, there's one more disclaimer and then I, I'd love to share a thought also. So I think another disclaimer is, you know, I wanna change the world by saving relationships. But if you're in a relationship that is damaging, if there's any kind of abuse, emotional abuse, mental mm. abuse, physical abuse, you need to exit that relationship at all costs. Like this, what we're talking about has nothing to do with you if you're in any kind of danger. If you're in danger, you need to exit, right? That's really important. So I want to just throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. If, if I could, Janine, just add one more yeah. thing to that, because that's such an important point that n no one is asking you to take abuse. No, one, not even God. Like no one is asking you to take abuse. So, uh, it, and like one of the very first things that we would do um, uh, as a therapist is if you are hearing about abuse, one of the first things we need to do is establish safety. And, and, and we need to make sure you're safe. That, is, that becomes the top priority. And, and so um, I'm not saying that the second you experience something that feels like abuse, that you immediately exit the relationship and you feel like there's no hope and it's over. But at the same time, if there's anything that's perceived as abuse, even if it's not intended, but it, it is feeling like abuse to you or you're really uncomfortable, um, safety is the first priority immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. And of course, you know, especially in men, emotional and mental abuse, it's really, really defining what is that truly. Yeah. You know, uh, an argument with some name calling might not be considered emotional abuse, but certainly if there's any physical abuse yeah. you, i would say same thing exit get out get yeah. safety and yeah safety yeah safety. yeah i mean we, we they can't we can't do couples work if you're worried about your physical safety i mean maybe there's hope in the marriage and, and the abuser will stop but we're not we can't do that if you still if you're unsafe so we need to get to safety asap yeah agreed um yeah. But other than that, listening to your four, five points, what I would say is this really is a, a, a best self journey. This is for people who want to really have an extraordinary relationship and an extraordinary marriage. Because what you're saying, these are points that unless you're able to look in the mirror and say out loud, I want, I want to change, I want to change. You can only have the relationship that's as extraordinary as your own growth mindset. You have to be willing to say, I want to change the way I communicate and there's more to learn. You have to know that we're not, nobody's teaching this in school. So where do you go? So unless you're active and intentional about listening to the right podcast, listening to the to write books, um, getting a coach, getting a qualified therapist, if there's some healing needed, you need to do that, that due diligence and the intentionality to get to the relationship that you want. So it's so important and I wanted to end there with like a real call to action to, to push you to say, you must do something different. You gotta do something different to do all the things that McCarr just said, takes the initiative to say, where do I begin? I can't just hear it and automatically jump in. You gotta really put in that due diligence. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I mean, um, start as a journey. I mean, marriage is always a journey beginning to end. I mean, you're never going to stop learning um, and um, like you never want to look back and say, if only I had learned this or if only I had done that. And, and, and as a Christian, I also believe that marriage is a means by which God is perfecting you. Like this is God is showing you things about yourself. Marriage is like a mirror. And, and, and sometimes you say, hey, you know, why no one has ever told me that I'm bad at X, Y and Z 
besides my spouse. Like, so there's something wrong with my spouse. But actually, it's because your relationship with your spouse is unique. There's nothing else like it. And they are so much more intimately affected by you than anyone else is ever in life. Beautiful so, point. Yeah. So, so they're going to see things that, that and, and, and respond to things in you that maybe God is now making the time to change. And, and, and we, have to, we have to do that. And I, I can tell you, working on yourself um, is, is it's, it's, it's the goal. It's the Should ultimate be. goal. It is. You know, we had brought up the one book, a resource was uh, the five love languages. I know that when you and I had talked uh, a couple of days ago, there was a couple of other resources. I had mentioned a book that I really loved and it, uh, the title is Love Does. Really sets the pace and uh, expectations around what love is and that it's not a feeling, that it's actually, um, it's an action step. And what does it look like? And it's a commitment. So and it really outlines and gives you framework for what love actually is. But there was another book, and I'll let you uh, talk about it because it might be one of the, my most favorite books on relationships. Uh, and you mentioned it the other night. So do you want to tell any everybody? Yeah, sure, that? sure. So there's a book by Dr. John Gottman called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. It's a really popular book. And uh, Dr. John Gottman, is, um, he, he had this uh, a, a, a scientific setting called the Love Lab. And he would have couples come in and he'd hook them all up to sensors. And, uh, and the goal was to figure out um, what, what are the indicators for divorce? That was one of the main goals. And over time, he was able to figure them out. Uh, and you can imagine these sensors were like heart rate sensors, uh, sweat sensors, like all these things that, that, and of course, everything's video recorded and everything. So he was able to predict divorce within just a few minutes of meeting a couple with 95% accuracy. So um, the, uh, and, and he talks about, you know, these are the things that predict divorce and these are things that you can do to, to work around them, so to avoid them. And so I recommend reading this book. Um, it's, it's really clear. It's, it is a, a little, a little um, there's a lot of pages, uh, but, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's such a good read, I thought. And um, I loved it. I, yeah, it was awesome. If you want to mitigate divorce, read the book. Yep. <laughs> it's a great, yep. great book. And I think it really sets the right expectation. And, you know, communication is, is really important, right? I can't express it enough that we have to have great communication. You really need to be able to see the outcome. Uh, but that takes growth and that takes, that takes intentionality. You know, there's one article that I have on my website, uh, and it's, it's um, defining love. Listen, observe, validate, encourage. It is my favorite communication hack for simmering down conflict. If you want to diffuse conflict, you have to listen, observe, validate, and encourage. So I'm only going to say that to the listeners to maybe just throw out some candy out there to say, go back to the website and go look in media and go look up that article on, on love. And it will really tell you exactly how it spells it out. How do you minimize conflict in your relationship? just by using listen, observe, validate, encourage. With that, Makar, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Tell, uh, tell some listeners, how, how would they get in touch with you? Why would they get in touch with you? What could they expect if they get in touch with you? A little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, so, so I'm, a, I'm a registered uh, uh, therapist in California and I am uh, in a couple and life coach uh, nationwide. And so I, you can reach out to me on Elevate CLC, so Elevate, which stands for Couple and Life Coaching, so ElevateCLC.com. 
Um, and there's lots of uh, information there, and you could reach out to me directly there, or my email address is makar at elevatelc.com. And um, so uh, there are some cases where uh, they require more therapy than they do coaching, um, but but most of my clients are coaching clients, and um, and I would definitely make it clear if I think that a more higher level of care is needed. So I would be really happy to hear from any of your listeners and uh, and uh, like I, I'm very passionate about this work and it, it's changing lives in the world and I, I love it. That's great. So it's not just for people who are have devastating uh, marriages. It's for anybody looking to enrich their their. Oh yeah, I mean even uh, I do lots of premarital work so to make sure that people are preparing for marriage in the right way. Um, you know, there are clients who are highly conflicted in their relationships, um, marriages 10, 20, 30 years uh, long that have been very unfulfilled for a really long time. Um, individuals who want to work on their leadership or their self-esteem or any sort of like situational anxieties. Um, the, the, it's a very, it's a, it's a broad uh, group uh, of, of, of categories that, that we can work with. And, um, and, you know, I, I, I give a, a 30 minute consultation in the beginning um, to kind of explain, to hear what's going on with a potential client, to tell them what I think the type of work we could do would look like, um, and to talk about all the other details. So I, um, you know, I, I really encourage people to pursue this. I did, when I was studying for my marriage and family therapy degree, I um, was required to see a therapist for 15 sessions for myself. And I remember I loved it so much. I stayed for like 40 something sessions and, I, and it was all, I was all paying out of pocket for everything. Um, and it, it, it was very, a very formative experience and it changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah, you know, imagine putting the, the time and the effort into your marriage and realizing that you just don't come equipped. You're, you're, no. you're not there yet. You need two people to come together and really have um, a great marriage. It takes work, it really takes work. So it's worth putting that effort in. So you have Makar's information. Makar, we are so grateful for you to share your wisdom. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll, we might have to come back for part two because there's just so much rich information in there. But thank yeah. you, and uh, we can't thank you enough for, for stopping by. Of course. Thank you, Janine, so much. Looking forward to uh, another session. You got it. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.